Yep. Don't worry about it. Thank you. You know, God has given me a lot of grace. Literally, right? Literally, not just from him, but a woman named Grace. In Mark chapter 6, turn with me there. You know, thank you so much for coming out today. Uh, you know, I got a couple minutes here to share, and, and uh, I want to do a lesson for you today that I hope will build your faith this morning. Amen. And I hope it will encourage you in your... Uh... Does it go? There we go. My lesson is entitled, Get Around Jesus. Amen. Have you ever felt before like it's hard to experience miracles in your life the older you get? Who, how many of you are tired in here? Raise your hand. Okay. Just tired. Just tired. You're tired of being tired? Okay. Uh, you know, let's look at the life of Jesus for a minute, Okay. Because he went through a time of ups and downs in his life. And I hope today's lesson will encourage you in your faith. And, and you'll walk out of here with just a little bit more faith than perhaps you walked in. You know, in, in the life of Jesus, there's a lot of ups and downs in his life similar to our lives. I don't know. Has anybody in here just got it all together and like flat nothing bad happens to you in, in your week, in your day, in your month? Like just everything goes well. Your, your finances always go well. Nothing happens to your car. There's no traffic on the 91 or the 404. It just all goes well. No, right? Well, in Jesus' life, there's a time where he, where he only saw a few miracles. And then there's times where he saw many miracles. And then there's times where he went through some tough times where his cousin, John the Baptist, died. And there's nothing like experiencing the death of a loved one, right? And the chaos and confusion you feel when a loved one dies is just, you know, heart-wrenching. And in, in Mark chapter 6, look in verse 30 for a second. Okay. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. And so a day in the life of Jesus, ups and downs, few miracles, many miracles, difficult times. To the, he was so busy and the disciples were so busy that they didn't even have enough time to eat. How many of you are at work? Sometimes you're so busy you don't even have time to eat. Okay, so you understand, right? And it's in, you know, for, for me, I'll, I'll show you a little bit about my life for a minute. Okay, and I'm not down on my life, but this is just some of the things I got going on in my life right now. I don't know if you guys know, but I'm the, uh, I'm the uh, interim regional leader for Metro LA right now. How many of you knew that? Okay. I didn't ask to be it. I just kind of like got stepped into that role, right? I'm also a member of the, uh, representing our region with our ministry leadership council of the LA church. My wife and I oversee and lead the 10 a.m. ministry. Uh, that's about 188 people. I'm starting schooling at the end of this month, which I'm not looking forward to. Uh, my second semester in my master's program that I'm involved in right now. I'm also part of the Metro LA hiring committee that, uh, you know, we, in this building here, we got a chance to see the Neelands and you got a chance to see the Alawise, right? And that's been a little bit on pause right now because we're trying to work on our finances to put us in a position that can help us. And I know Mike is going to be doing a, a presentation for you for Metro East today to kind of update you on our regional finances. I'm also the Metro LA youth and family rep. How many of you knew that? 
two, three people in here, okay? I'm also a member of the APMF board, the Asia Pacific Missions Foundation, which our, our money that we get from, for missions, I'm one of the board members on there that, to make sure that it's, it's being spent properly. We get a report from it, and we can bring it back to our church. Amen? So this is my life right here. And I'm in so many meetings right now. Look at this, look at this thought here. I find meetings uplift me and are a valuable use of my time. I wish we had more, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but I don't always like to be in meetings. And to be quite honest, I'm in so many meetings right now that it's unbelievable. I'm not down on it. I just, this is where part of my life is and how busy my life is to the point where I'm not tired. I'm exhausted. And if you're exhausted today and you're tired in your life today, this is the exact setting where miracles can happen for you. So how many of you are tired? How many of you are exhausted? You both hands go up like that, right? Well, it's that setting where many miracles can happen if we just pay attention, pay attention to Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Amen? So in, in verse 32, it says, So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw him, them leaving, recognized them, and ran on afoot from all the towns and got there ahead of him. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, let's stop there for a minute. The, one of the cool things about this passage is that the disciples were tired. They were worn out in their ministry. They were hungry. They were ups and downs. And Jesus told them, let's go get some rest for a minute. Let's go on. A, so let me give you an example. Let's say Edgar and Don, okay? They, just told, they came up here right after my lesson and told you, hey, here's the deal. All of us in Metro East, let's go on a vacation. Where would you guys want to go? Where would you want to go? Right there? That's Tahiti, I believe. Okay? Where else would you like to go on vacation? Where? Hawaii. Okay? Italy. Okay, so let's say we all were going on a vacation. We're going to get on a boat. We're going to go get some R&R. Don and, you know, Edgar and Don are leading the way. We get on that plane. Dave Morris is leading us in song, and we're having a great time. It's time to relax, rejuvenate. But look what it says in verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. And so we all get on a plane, and let's say we go to Hawaii for a minute, right? We're all fired up. We go to Hawaii. But little do we know that people in Hawaii knew that your group here, our group here, was going to go there for vacation. And they had all these needs and problems. And when we got off the plane for a minute, as we got off, there's thousands of people at the airport in Honolulu waiting for us because they knew we were coming in. So what would be your average thought? Be honest. Lexus is like, let's get back on the plane. Okay? What else would you have? What else thought would you have? I mean, Edgar and Don just promised us a vacation to Hawaii. And there's thousands of people. Would any of you go, Edgar and Don, did you plan this? Did you? I would have said, you know, they're on the plane, the next plane coming in or something like that. I, I. When I'm tired, how are you when you're tired? And I wish we had a camera that could see what the disciples said. That when they were ready to get R&R with Jesus, 
They went to a place, they got on a boat, they went to go get some R&R, and when they got there, there was a large crowd waiting for them, man. I wish we could see what the disciples were thinking, right? I mean, I know some of us would have said, you got the wrong group, man. Jesus is on the next plane. Some of us would act like they're not even there, right? You know, like, like I don't even think I see them. Let's just walk right by as if they're not even there. Thousands of people. Those of you who are assertive would probably look at the Sanchez's differently and go, you planned this, Edgar. You should have just told us and been up front with us about all these people who have needs. Some of us would have said, really, guys? You did the Jedi mind trick on us right now. You told us we're going to do one thing and then something else happened, right? When you're tired spiritually and emotionally, it's easy to be ungodly. It's easy to be unspiritual. It's easy to be unloving, but not Jesus, right? The thing he reached for was what? Compassion. The point I want to make today is miracles happen when you're tired, when you can Reach for the right emotion. Jesus, he felt the right emotion. He felt, he could have felt many things, but he chose to feel compassion. You know, this word compassion is that word. Can you say that word in the Greek? Try it. Splashizomai. Great job, Mike. It means to be moved, not just to be moved, but to be moved in the bowels. Here's an example of it. It's not just to be moved, though. It's to be moved to act. Like you're so moved that you have to do something about it. So an example is the Good Samaritan, where he, the Good Samaritan cleaned up the person, transported, paid, and, and, and was like, I don't mind getting reimbur- reimbursing in it, right? The father is the same thing, running, embracing, kissing, and celebrating. So compassion isn't just believing in something. It's believing enough to act in something. So you're so moved, okay, to the point where you want to act and, and because it's not just feeling deeply about something. You know, when I'm tired, I think I miss so many things going on in people's life. Do you know what compassion fatigue is? What is compassion fatigue? You just have, yeah, it's when you've been giving for so long that you just have nothing left to give. And have you felt like that before? Okay, this is how you know you have compassion fatigue. If you see a need and you don't feel anything, you have compassion fatigue. If you see me walk by and you walk the other way because you think I'm going to ask you to serve, you have compassion fatigue. If Edgar and Don walk by, if leaders in your group walk by, and you automatically think that they're there for another, they want to ask you to do something, you have compassion fatigue. If you see somebody crying on the side, and you totally look at them, and act as if they're not crying and walk the other way, that's compassion fatigue. And we struggle, we have compassion fatigue all the time. But you know, like one of the things I'm dealing with in my life right now is grief recovery. I'm in the grief recovery class, and one of the things I'm learning about my life is all the losses like, 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 one of the things that I hope will, will come clear today is look at everybody in the room for a minute. Look at the person to your right. Look at the person to your left. Look behind you. I can guarantee you this. Everybody has losses in their life. You've lost something. Maybe a job, career, family member, loved one, marriage, child, friendship, dream, whatever it is. 
And what I'm learning in grief recovery is that the losses that you incur in your life carry pain with it that unless you deal with it, it's like carrying a bunch of heavy, a bag of heavy rocks on your back. To the point where there's nothing left to give because we're just so full of things inside and it feels so heavy and the burden is so great. And one of the things about Jesus, one of the things that compassion does is it gets your eyes off, off of self for a minute, puts it on Christ, and we can reach for an emotion of compassion that goes up ending helping somebody else's life out. Amen? And that's the thing I'm learning. I'm going, man, as I'm going through this, because even this morning, you know, I was writing, I was doing this graph that I'm, I'm doing about all the losses in my life, and I was crying in it. I was crying in it. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm a mess, and I have to go to Metro East and speak for a minute. And, you know, one of the things that was really interesting is uh, a couple of years ago, we threw a party for a sister, and she was 80 years old. And when we threw a party for her, you know, she was fired up. She just was weeping at this party. She's 80, and she's in our ministry in South Cities. And everybody was fired up, and she just was crying in front of all of us. And we asked her, oh, I'm sorry, did, did we do something wrong? She goes, no. I go, what? Tell me why you're crying. And she goes, because I've never had a birthday party before. Eighty. You know that thing you're feeling right now? That's compassion. A guy I baptized a while back, you know, would come to church and he wouldn't let anyone get close to him. And I asked him why. And the thing he told me was, is because I don't know if people are going to like me or love me. And at the end of the day, you know, he was in the foster, he grew up in the foster care system. And he had a disability that made him feel very insecure. And his mother was on drugs. And so he ended up getting a disability. And three and four of his brothers and sisters all had disabilities. And we're going through the foster care system and he shared at uh, his baptism how people leave all the time and that there's really no one there for him, you know. And as we, I mean, as I was listening to it, I, I just broke down and cried. And, you know, he was trying to console me because I was so moved in the whole situation. And that's what compassion is like, you know, where it's hard sometimes, especially when you're tired, right? When you're tired and you get a phone call, what do you do? <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty in that, you know. Sometimes, guys, when I'm, I'm, like, on Monday, I have a day off on Monday, right? And if you call me, you're not going to get a hold of me. Unless something radically has to be happening in your life, right? You know what I mean? You have to be going to the hospital or something. Because on Monday, I need some time off to be able to recalibrate for a minute. And because I'm tired and I'm worn out and, you know, and things like that. But compassion is one of those things where... It's a, it's a privilege for us. You know, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It's to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. And so when you're going through, it's an amazing thing that as you go through your life, consider for a minute when you're tired, when you're worn out, when you're hungry, when you can't give anymore, you can reach for it. Compassion is a decision that we can make. Amen. And it's the one thing that we can do that when we do it, it's amazing what God does with it. The second thing in verse 35. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. 
send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. You see what the disciples said? What did they say? Yeah. Guess why? Because they were tired, that's why. And they were tired, just like all these people with these, yeah, send them away, Christ. The very Jesus-like thing to do, right? But that's where they were at. In verse uh, 37, but he answered, you give something to eat. Now, again, it would have been awesome if we have a camera right there, right? Is that they're all tired, and Jesus says, you give them something to eat. It would have been great if we were taking pictures right there to go, what would the disciples say right there? They answered him, that would take eight months of, of man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. The second thing I want to talk about is when you're tired and worn out, one of the things Jesus did, not only did he, he felt the right emotion, is he set things in motion. And how did he set things in motion? Through prayer. Can you pray? You can pray, right? It's something you can do. And I love that about Jesus. And you know what, guys? When, when you're tired, when you're going through tough times, things don't make sense. Just like the feeding of the 5,000 here didn't make sense to the disciples, right? There are all these people with needs. They knew they should have helped out. They didn't want to. But, be, but because of where they're at, Jesus just did what they needed to see, which was just pray. Can you do that? You don't have to have a lot of prayer, just a little bit of prayer. And it's not always logical, but it makes all the difference in the world for a miracle to happen when we just have compassion and we, when we pray. You can take two minutes out of your day to do that. And so I want to show you a video for a minute about prayer, because sometimes vid- prayer can be so funny. Do a prayer together with the, with the group, and we're praying, and some stuff just, I don't, there's always something curious whenever you pray in a circle. So listen, I'm excited. We're gonna have the event tonight. So whoever wants to just just jump in and we just we'll do it, we'll do it like that. Okay. Lord in Lord heaven. Oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, that's my fault. Lord, Lord tonight we, we uh, excuse me, that one's your fault. Lord presence. Yes, Lord. Interrupt our lives. Father, we thank you that we read and find in your Bible, Lord, that it says, Fear not. Like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. We're just thankful for that, Lord. That's not in the Bible. You know, Jed Clampett said that. Father God, just Father God. Thank you, Father God. Father God, thank you. Yes, Father God. And Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. Oh, that's right, Lord. You come first. Father God, Father God, Father God. What? Father God, Father God. Lord God, we thank you for your church. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your people. Yes, Lord, we thank you. Oh, yes, Lord, you are the quiet voice that leads us. <laughs> what, did, what is he saying? What, can, can nobody hear you? I feel like I'm eavesdropping. All of that, Jesus, in a bag of chips. Man, psst, Jesus, 
I want to pray for Susie McGinnis. For heaven's sakes, help her to know she can't get away with anything. She's got to be honest with her husband. Reveal it, Jesus. Her son needs to know his real last name. Let me know if you want me to tell him, Lord. You can't say that. Are you gossiping in the prayer? Yes, Lord, we just ask that you would pour out your power on the people of this parish and just pacify us with your love, Lord. We just, we just pray power and purpose and purity and people in Show the church. us with your presence, Jesus. Listen, the Lord will understand what you're saying without the moisture. God, we just thank you for being so awesome. We thank you that you do not judge us and that you receive all of our prayers no matter how they come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. She made it so simple. God is going to hear everybody's prayers regardless of how they come. That's the truth. I love it. She was so cute. Amen. I want you to think for a second about your prayer life, right? That's a funny video about it, correct? But it is something you can do every day. And don't, don't take that for granted. Because it's that setting. If Jesus was in an overwhelming situation and he prayed, how much more do we have to be able to do that? Amen? And, you know, as, as, if you make a mistake in prayer, <laughs> I got those examples in there. I mean, what a fiasco that prayer circle was, right? And yet it happens all the time in our fellowship. That happens all the time where we do crazy stuff, dumb stuff, and it's okay because God always hears our prayers. And so what you can do in a difficult time in your life is you can set things in motion the same way Jesus did. It doesn't even make sense, though, right? How, how would five loaves and two fish be able to feed 5,000 people? How would it? It can't even feed more than two to four people. And yet prayer is the thing that is the environment that a miracle can take place in. And so I want to encourage you this morning that that is something that you can do. Amen? Prayer, a small offering can go so much when it's coupled with prayer. To the disciples, this was an obstacle in the faith. To Jesus, this was an opportunity to build their faith. But it required compassion, and it required some prayer to be able to do that. And so I hope that as we go today and as we close out today, here's what ended up happening. Well, why is this important to know that Jesus felt the right emotion as well as he set things in motion? Because it brought about a great explosion. In verse 42, it says, then they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. A miracle happened. Because they had compassion and because they prayed. Amen. Two things that you can do when you're tired. And so as we go about today, how can we experience miracles in our life, especially when we're tired and worn out and having a difficult time? Well, we can feel the right emotion. We can pray because it sets things in motion. And what ends up happening is God made a great explosion. And so if you want to see miracles in your life, consider these two things and put them into practice. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. I pray. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's take communion and then let's be closing out our service. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for the song leaders today. Thank you for our fellowship being here today. I pray that you would uh, encourage us as we go through uh, times of 
of ups and times of downs, that you can focus our eyes on you. We pray that when we're tired, worn out, discouraged, that we could reach for the right emotion. We can have compassion. But we also can couple that with prayer so that we can see you make a great explosion and great miracles happen in our life. We pray for Metro East. We pray for the region. We pray for South Cities. We pray for downtown. That not only are we unified now, but we pray that you would take us into our future, into a bright, bright future. We love you. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for your time, your attention.